Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I want to talk today about the benefits of slowing. What happens to us creatively when we go slower. And today I have stories of slow that are hopefully going to take you to a new place and give you some certain permissions that may surprise you, I think. This week, Otis has been reading a book to me aloud, and it's called The Borrowers. And it's hands down one of my favorite books from from my childhood. And I remember when I started to get lost in, in reading and when I realized that you could visit other worlds. And The Borrowers is this book about these tiny, tiny people who live in a house and they borrow and collect tiny things so that they can live. It's this little family and they have a matchbox for a bed and they feed off the crumbs of the regular size family who lives in the house and they live in the wall and, and they collect things at night when the house is quiet. And I remember falling into this world when I was young, into this world of the borrowers. And I wanted to believe that there was a tiny family like that who lived in my house. And I remember I would leave things out for them um, in hopes that they, (laughs) that those things would be gone in the morning. And this book, it just, it really set my imagination on fire and and had me noticing things that I wouldn't have before. And it made me come alive in a certain way. And so when Otis picked up the borrowers recently, I was so excited. And I watched him start to get interested in the first couple of chapters. And he asked if he could read it aloud to me um, one day when I was pretty busy. There was just a lot going on. But I, um, I kind of put all the busyness aside and I lay down and close my eyes and I listen to him and I let him transport me back to when I had first discovered this book as a kid. And I listened and I, I slowed down my day and I put everything on hold and curled up in the bed with Otis while he read and, and while he simultaneously returned me to my first childhood fantasies. And so it started me thinking about what can happen to us and for us when we slow down. And when I returned to the regularity and the busyness of my day, I felt my breath more for the rest of the day, and I was more aware of where my feet were. 
And another, another um, really noticeable something was that I felt considerably more peaceful, noticeably more peaceful. Same life, same circumstances, same busy day, but absolutely more peaceful. After I had taken that time to slow down, when we are anxious or overly busy, especially if that anxiety is acute and accelerated like panic, we speed up. Things kind of go whirring past us and we forget where our feet are. And I heard I heard a story recently about a man who was teaching a class and he was feeling really afraid and panicky before he sat down to teach. But as he started to speak and he looked at his students, he began to name the things aloud that were happening to him physically. He said, heart beating fast. My breath is shallow. My feet are numb. My eyes are unfocused. My mind is racing. My body feels suspended away from the floor. My neck is tense. I cannot catch my breath. My heart is still beating fast. And it just went on from there. And in the process of recognizing aloud, naming aloud what was happening to him, he began to slow down. His nervous system settled and he, he worked this teaching on himself right in front of his students. And when he slowed down enough to stop doing that, to stop naming what was happening, he was just quiet and he held the space in the room as his students just looked at him. And then finally, one of his students said, wow, you were able to offer us the most visceral, present tense version of the teaching of presence just by recognizing what was happening in your body and naming it aloud. And it, it slowed everybody in the room down enough to truly attune to the teaching of presence. He was able to slow. They were able to slow. And when we are able to slow down like that, that is when magic can have room to enter. Because when we're running around frenetically and we're chalking off things like crazy, so often we're numbing ourselves and we're honoring only the kind of productivity that comes from quantity and more and muchness rather than honoring the kind of productivity and creativity that comes from quality of life. And when we do that kind of frenetic running, we, we are missing so many moments, so much present tense. And I think when we slow, it's not, it's not just about relaxing your bones. 
but it's also allowing for a new kind of underneath productivity to emerge. Only when we allow ourselves to sometimes marinate slowly is when certain articulation can happen, the kind of things that can't be recognized or won from running faster. Because there is really a specific magic that comes from slow. And it can't be found in fast, brittle movements of trying to pull your life together before the sun goes down. I've noticed that we also tend to reward that slow magic in other folks, but not always in ourselves. This happened to me recently. So I saw a post somebody wrote last week that talked about slowing down. I think they were talking about Thanksgiving and take slowing down and taking it all in. And this woman was talking about removing the hardening that she had around getting more done. And so she described this beautiful whole day of slowness. And as I read her words, I, I felt my, my own body relax. And I imagined her day through her descriptive words. And I thought, wow, good for her. What an important, beautiful thing that she's done and that she's documented. And as I read her, I felt a transmission of release just by reading it. And then I noticed later that I had hurled myself into a self-imposed kind of relentless day of packing it all in. And I had dismissed the idea of slow for myself entirely. So I wonder if those of us who have a habit of valuing that kind of frenetic productivity, that habit of running all the time, if we could find more pockets of slow, of falling under the covers with your seven-year-old and going to another world entirely, even if it's just for an hour, and then return refreshed. That space that is opened by slow, attentive presence can't be opened by anything else. That's what's so juicy about it. Recently, I had the privilege of taking a yoga class with Tina Porter. And some of you have heard me mention Tina in my podcast before. She is a dear friend and someone I deeply admire and respect, both as a yoga teacher and as a human. And Tina lost her precious boy, her son Brody, recently from a terrible, aggressive brain tumor. And the class that Tina was teaching that I went to was a donation class to raise money for research for this particular type of cancer. And, and Tina, in the first pose, she put us in plank for a really long time. And then she began to talk about resilience and the practice of remaining calm and breathful, even when something is terribly hard. And we stayed in plank for a very long time. And I noticed, I started to notice that when I pulled my attention back to my breath, I was able to slow down internally. And I noticed when I slowed my breath down, I got so much quieter on the inside. 
even though we were still holding plank. Just noticing our breath slows us down. The space that is opened by the slow is magic. You can do a thousand fast flow yoga poses, but that is so often not as effective as doing one pose for a very long time and then measuring your ability to remain calm and quiet and and breathful, even in the hardest things. And that kind of resilience is, is the opposite of numb. That kind of resilience is exposed, it's hard, it's a practice of creativity and of kind of digging down for abundance ultimately. And the more you do it, the more you will get out of your life. The more you meditate and slow down internally, the more spacious and creative you will become. The more you meditate and practice rinsing your thoughts out, trading those thoughts that kind of keep you in circles for more space, the more you're going to feel peaceful. And feeling peaceful on a regular basis is just about everything. It just about covers it for a good life. You know, one of the things I believe in most as a parent is to require that my kids sit in their boredom. I was talking to another mother about this recently. Eventually, that is when you start to see creative projects come to life, ones that would have never occurred to them if there had not been this the the space of slow boredom. It's this key process for kids and and you know for adults too, for us too. Um I heard Brene Brown talk about this once that before she does a big push to go like down in the holler and write a book she clears the house like she sends her husband and her kids away and and she binges on episodes of law and order <laughs> and for a few days before she writes anything she just does that and she swears that it's part of her creative process it's like an incubation period of of collection before her work actually becomes clear on paper I want to share one more story that feels a little like magic to me that happened recently. I was talking to a student on the phone and she has an eight-month-old baby and she lives a couple of hours away from Denver. And she had recently been to a retreat that I had led up at Mount Princeton. And she had heard that I was co-leading a yoga teacher training. And so she wanted to talk to me more about that and potentially doing that training. And the more I listened to her, the more I knew that she really didn't want to do a teacher training. She kept talking about how she just wanted to restore her practice and reclaim herself. And as she kind of spoke in concentric circles, I suddenly just knew She was craving a space to install the sacred into her every day and sort of reclaim that um, after becoming a mother. 
and she needed it to be virtual because of where she lives. And all of a sudden I, I just knew. And there's this course I created several years ago um, called The Understory. And it's a course not to develop yoga teachers, but it's just a place for people to come back to themselves. It's a deep dive into yoga, meditation, and sacred practice and creative visioning. But it's um, it's not a teacher training. And I've been waiting to reimagine this course since COVID, but it, it just never felt quite like the right time. And as this student was talking, I just had this incredible knowing that I needed to respond to her. And I told her about it. And I decided in the moment, just off the, off the cuff, I decided to offer it virtually so that she could take it. And she loved the idea. It's exactly right for somebody who craves depth in practice, but isn't looking to hone their teaching. And so now this course will begin in February of 2023. And I think the only reason that it all aligned is because our conversation was slow enough for me to hear what was needed. Slow allows us to respond rather than react. It allows us to be in tune to what we can offer. We can hear more clearly what's needed from us when we've had enough slow time because our brain isn't overstimulated or oversaturated. And those kind of discoveries, those aha moments, those brainstorms out of the blue can only occur when there's enough space. Slow allows us to be the artists of attention. You hear people talk about slow food same thing. Cook slow enough for the ingredients to seep in, for all the flavors to start to emerge. Slow food is more digestible, as is a slower life. If we could just begin rewarding this in our own lives and not just in others. One, um, one whole big wall of our house right now is just a bunch of different shades of yellow (laughs) because we're curious about giving that wall, that particular wall, some warmth and color because that level of the house has lots of neutrals and whites and we were all craving more color, it turns out. But it's very much in process because we started painting big yellow strokes on a weekend And then the week got started and we got busy with all the school and the work rhythms. And so we left it all there. And every time I walk by, I resist the urge to just be finished with it because I want to live with it and then choose the right color of yellow to go slower to see what it looks like at different points in the day. Because the light in the room is so different in the morning than in the afternoon. And the yellows, they take on a vastly different look. So we wait for the right yellow to arrive. And we recently talked about this as a family, that we don't make ourselves finish books if they're not keeping our attention, if they're not rich and good. There's so many good books out there. And some are even worthy of reading more than once, like The Borrowers. 
So if you're reading a book right now and you're more than halfway through and it's terrible and you're not into it, I give you permission to stop and just find a different one. So here's a list for you if you like lists, a list to uncover the slow. Slow food, all day simmers, long times at the table, lingering conversations over the food that you made with the people that you love. Even if you have a busy day, create many moments of slow, like close your eyes and take 12 slow, deep breaths and do that at least four times in the middle of your day. Listen more and talk less. You're going to discover so much more when you listen to people instead of biding your time until you can get your words in. Do fewer things more thoroughly. When you get distracted from discipline, notice it. And ask yourself, could that be a creative wellspring in a place where you are meant to get lost? Return to things that first sparked you a long, long time ago. The first book where you really sunk into a magical place. The music that made you ache for love in high school. The movie that you watched over and over because of the ways that it made you feel. Slow down to those little offerings. And like that, that man, that amazing teacher, name the physical things that are happening to you. Heart beating. Breath is more shallow. Butterflies in your belly. Name them and notice what begins to happen when you recognize those things. And the power that you can claim from that exercise is just profound. And I can't say this enough. This really interesting thing happens when you meditate regularly. It feels like you have more time. Your day will feel like you have more time. When things slow, you feel like you are gifted more time. And on the flip side, if you are always hurrying, chalking off things, it feels like you have less time. So lick the bowl, dissolve for an afternoon, and make your life feel the way you curate it to look from the outside. Make your life feel like that. And protect your peace at all cost. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Things That Will Help podcast. If you would like to become a patron of this podcast, the information for that is in the show notes. And I would so appreciate you doing that and becoming a part of this beautiful community to keep us going and keep the fuel in the tank for this creative project to keep moving. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day.